Clay is a massive fan of Quantum Leap, as we mm-hmm. were just talking about. You must have been terrifically excited to see Dean Stockwell in this episode, acting alongside Captain Archer, reuniting a critically acclaimed sci-fi series from the early 90s that was running when TNG was. Uh, I'm, I'm super unfamiliar with Quantum Leap besides the idea of what's going on and knowing that these mm. two are in it. It, uh, it was nominated for a lot of awards against TNG. Like, well, not against TNG, but in a way that um, Star Trek did not get award recognition Quantum Leap mm-hmm. was like, I'll be the sci-fi show that comes in and gets a lot of award recognition. He got nominated. I think um, Bakula was nominated for like an Emmy for like four of the five years and same with uh, Stockwell for it, which is like kind of oh, really? strange. Yeah, it was, it was apparently wow. really well received. I only know the basic idea. I've seen maybe a handful of episodes of Quantum Leap, but not enough to know anything and not enough for this episode to be saved by the fact that both of these guys are in it. <laughs> yeah, I uh, more or less the same. I... I, I I'm well aware of the concept. I've seen a few episodes here and there when I was younger. Uh, it is nice to see him in the episode. That is a nice little uh, reunion. Um, but uh, I, I, Quantum Leap is one of those shows where, while lauded at the time, I wonder how many of those episodes uh, are a little cringy. If mm-hmm. you go back and look at them now, when you've got Scott Bakula like jumping into the bodies of like mentally challenged yeah. people and uh, <laughs> women and, and stuff like that yeah. women and people of color and all that kind of stuff so i i i wonder if that's a they were meaning well and doing their best but it 30 years later maybe it doesn't work as well as it did then it's kind of an it's a neat idea for a show at the very least oh definitely um, yeah yeah it's, it's I, I wonder how well it aged. i i never just I never thought of it as being that well regarded, but apparently, with my my slight research, it was pretty. Well yeah, regarded. that that kind of surprises me. I had never thought of it as like a critical dark. I just assumed it was just another sci fi show, and especially because it, I think it only ran only. I say in quotes, but it only ran five seasons in the early nineties when shows were you know shows just go until they basically sure. like the showrunner dies or someone dies and keeps going. So I thought it was not well received enough where they canceled it or something, but maybe just people weren't watching. Who knows? Mm. Fill us yeah. in listeners with your, your knowledge of quantum leap. Um, let's see here. So we're going to talk about detained. Let's take a break. We'll play a quote from the episode and then we'll come back and break it down. Where are we now? This is a detention complex. It's several light years from where we found you. Does everyone that violates your territory get thrown into a place like this? We're at war with a species that can mimic the appearance of almost any humanoid. We had to make certain that you weren't infiltrators. If you're worried we're Suliban, trust me, we're not. I know. We've already tested your DNA. You're familiar with the Cabal? Unfortunately. Then you must know about their genetic enhancements and how dangerous they can be. First hand. I hope you didn't suffer too many casualties. We've been lucky so far. All right, so this is Detained. It's the 21st episode of the first season. First aired on the 24th of April, 2002. It is the third of 13 in the Temporal Cold War arc. Teleplay goes to Mike Sussman and Phyllis Strong. Story credit goes to Rick Berman and Brandon Braga, directed by David Livingston. In universe date is 2152. In this episode, Archer and Mayweather accidentally enter a militarized zone and are detained by an alien race called the Tindarans, who are at war with the Suliban. Both men find themselves sharing cells with some Suliban detainees who believe they are wrongly imprisoned. And it's uh, 
a temple cold war arc i suppose i guess any episode with the sewell bond mm-hmm. is now going to be considered a temple cold war um i guess i uh I, I don't know really where to start with this one i my my general takeaway from this was like i think this is a better episode than the past couple like rogue planet and oasis that we've seen mm-hmm. however i was far less interested in what was going on as like i, sure. I it's just kind of a weird contrast where the other episodes had a better idea to it, maybe, that I was like more interested in what was going on, even while I admit that the script and everything had problems with Rogue Planet and Oasis and things. But this one, I don't think there's really a problem here, besides the fact that the script is boring. Like It's, it's just mm-hmm. kind of a boring episode to me. It takes a long time. It's in a very boring set. It's got boring scenes. It's got a boring race called the Sulaban in it. It's got... Dean Stockwell's character is pretty boring. And, you know, maybe maybe post 9-11, which they're obviously reacting to here, mm. uh, this maybe felt like something. But to me, it just feels like really stupid. It's, it's just kind of a stupid episode, <laughs> I think. It's got it's yeah. got a, it's got hearts in it. Like it has a, like a it's well intentioned, but I think it's like to the point of being meaningless, what they're talking about, mm. really. It's just it doesn't it, and there's a lot of reasons that lead into that. But what would you think about it? It has heart and also faith of that heart. Yes. Um, you know, I I didn't hate this one, and I think it was mostly because I was watching it with the context of the time in mind. Um, and it being so soon after September 11th and the uh, heat against uh, Islamic people and people from the Middle East uh, getting so hot as as people were gearing up to invade Afghanistan and stuff, um, it seemed in that context to be a fairly interesting episode to throw out there uh, and very timely. But yeah, I think it's it's not. There's no. It's fairly hollow as far as that context goes, other than just sort of like uh, mentioning it. Because there's no, I I don't have any understanding of who this Tandorian Tin Tindarin, uh, Tandarin, I think right? it's not, not yeah. Tandori like no. the food. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I have no understanding of what the relationship between those two people are, and how the Sulaban have been damaging them, or like I just I just don't they don't really give you a ton of context for it. It's just sort of like a. Uh, a fairly generic uh these people who are locked up don't actually deserve to be locked up kind of story um we've only met the sulaban twice before yeah i don't even really know what they're about full stop yeah (laughs) i I mean i think that that's except they do this the the thing that and sorry people are listening couldn't see that they can do a little they can do a little melty actions but i think the, the it, seemed, it seemed like, sorry, it seemed like almost like a leftover script from a Dominion War episode because they start talking about them as being these shape-changing uh, foes who are going to take over the galaxy. I was like, is this just, uh, did they just control F all of the, uh, <laughs> all the Dominion and, and shape-changers? And, yeah, and, did but, you recognize you know. that the, um, the two Sulaban in this actually played fairly prominent Vorta in DS9? I, I forgot that – so I looked them up because one of them looked really familiar 
and he's the guy from the the it tv movie that plays eddie kasparak but mm-hmm. i forgot until just now that he played a vorta but yes i i when i looked up the other guy I saw keevan i was like oh yeah keevan yes. is a vorta, yeah 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 keevan from rocks and shoals which is very good he's probably my fe- mm-hmm. second favorite vorta and then the guy from the search which is a less important role but he's he's in that one um yeah i i i mean this one feels like it's a better DS9 episode than it is an Enterprise episode because for an, an Enterprise episode, I have a real hard time with how little we know about the Suliban and what mm. you expect me to believe about them in this situation. So right. I've I've seen before this episode came out, I was not even aware that there was a distinction between the Suliban, what do they call them, the Cabal? And just the regular sure. Suliban. So yeah, that's the yeah. first kind of revelation. You're like, well, I guess it makes sense that not all aliens are like this. And like, you know, but at the same time, Star Trek operates on the foundation of the races are kind of monocultures. That's what makes them work. And if it's not the case, then that kind of means something for the script. Right. And so the fact that we don't know the Suliban means that I don't really know what to feel about them here. And also, you'd think Archie would be a little bit more have complicated feelings about them from the get-go because mm-hmm. whatever that other guy, Silic, saved the Enterprise from blowing up in the cold in the cold front episode. Right, like, right. And we talked about how confused that was because Archer doesn't really seem to respond to the fact that Silic did that in, the, in that episode and saved their lives. He doesn't really talk about it with them or anything. But here, it just feels like they, they, they had to have this idea. The only race that they can really insert into it that we know anything about are the Suliban at this point. And it just feels too early in that group right. for me to really care yeah. about this. It's not like a, a DS9 thing where we're multiple seasons into knowing the Dominion and then we have an episode where it turns out something about someone, you know, and it kind of re- reverses everything they've learned over the past 50 episodes. Yeah, and it's also tough to... Um, to, pr- to- put them and have them involved with some random new race that we've never heard of uh, because it gives us no there's really no conflict over over the uh, the situation because I think I think the the interesting way to handle this would be for there to actually be some level of conflict on Archer's part as to who's telling not who's telling the truth but but not presenting uh dean stockwell's people as just straight up wrong yeah um just because i think that's a that's a more uh gray area because that's the thing right that's the that's the problem that people are having at this point in in history right when this stuff is coming up is it's it's not it's not that it's like yeah, okay, sure. You can make a stance that yeah, not everybody's a bat, not everybody's a terrorist. Sure, obviously that's true, but that's not the problem. The problem is that too many people are thinking, well, ooh, they might be terrorists, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like getting into that stuff is the much more uh, narratively juicy and and uh, stuff to get into, and allows you to come out of it with a stronger stronger point, stronger theme on the other end, as opposed to just sort of like a not every, not everybody's a bad guy. You know, I don't know. It's just it's Yeah, well I, I I appreciate what they're doing, but I just don't think that they really did anything with it. It runs into So being, like a, like imagine if instead of the Tandarans it was like the Vulcans or something where it was like a group that Archer has has a reason to believe. Right. 
And so now he's caught in the position of, well, you know, it looks like what the, the Vulcans are doing here is bad. Yeah. But they are also my allies, and I, I don't really have a reason to not believe what they're saying is true. Yeah. So then you get into the into the into the uh, the moral crisis that people are in when it's when you're considering this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I um, I think I think that the the other way, the other way that you have to strengthen this is that being like a, being like a, a moral message. This is what they call like the message show or whatever. And mm-hmm. the writer of this episode actually says that he was he was sort of sort of. Um, assigned this one and that he generally hates message episodes and he doesn't think that this episode is very good either um the problem with it continuing continuing down our police metaphor yeah if you have an episode with a message but it's like one of those ones that's just uh limited to a single room is that a message in a bottle episode it is that's very good very excellent (laughs) very good um We'll send out an SOS. We don't need it. We've got the material right here. No, I, I do like that. Um, the problem with the problem with it, right, being a message show or a message in a bottle mm-hmm. show, is that you're you're trying to condense, like, to feed off of your point of what you're saying. Like, if you brought in the Vulcans and gave Archer a reason to believe them or something, like, or at least they would give him conflict because he would think that he knows what the Vulcans are up to. I think that the way that you do this more, like, the reason that this is hard right after 9 11 is that it's too reactive to things. So, sure. The actual, the actual problem, I think, at this point in U.S. history is. Yes, clearly not all Muslims and brown people are terrorists. However, there are terrorists who are Muslims and brown people who are driving mm-hmm. planes into our buildings at this point, right? So there's a mm-hmm. there's there's this thing that you you can't cover the whole group this way. And it's obviously wrong with like the Japanese internments and stuff like that. But at the same time, if you don't get a sense of what Colonel Grot is upset about you don't get the sense that there's an imminent danger where he needs to do this kind of thing and it, it sounds right. like this internment camp i think the episode does kind of a disservice by i get the sense that this camp has been functioning for a very long time at this point right. so it, it's right. not even like you give him any reason or rationale to be having this thought process in him so it comes across as the moral message is pure but it's also uncomplicated to the point of being uninteresting where you know mm-hmm. where it's like you need something for this guy to do or something to give Archer a little bit, a bit of conflict because what it seems like to me coming in 20 years later art this is another episode of Archer goes in and makes a decision with very little information on his side. And it's like, well, you don't know what these guys have been doing to them, Archer. Like why you, he he pulls a Bane breaks Arkham Asylum down and lets everybody (laughs) out of there. And it's only because he's talked to one of the, you you just don't have enough information for him to understand that this is the right decision. And then before I throw it to you, bizarrely at the end, I feel like they try to have that character Grot say that where he's like, they're all going to go back and join the cabal. And Archer's like, well, Maybe, but still, yeah. like, and then he flies off and looks sad. Arch, Arch is like, I hadn't considered that. So uh. it's, it just—it feels like it's too little, too late for that, and it, it makes it—it com- yeah. makes Archer look like a complete moron by the time that it's over. When he's thinking about yeah. this as he's flying back to the ship. Yeah, it's—it's it's like, um, and I'm not. This is not a one-to-one comparison. I'm not saying that 
the situation that the, he is presented with is identical to this, obviously. But it's like if Archer got, woke up in a maximum security prison on some planet, and then all of the people who they're convicted of murder were just like, "Hey, man, I didn't kill anybody." Right. And Archer's like, "It's You're the right. Shawshank break you all no, one, no yeah. one's in there for any reason. And again, yeah. again, obviously, that's not the case. Uh, there, there's a point that they're making here. Um, but it's, it's. Uh, it would be different if. Well, imagine if it I was think, Guantanamo. If he if you went to Guantanamo right. and well, he broke well, everyone out, you'd be like, "Well, yeah. there were some really horrible people in Guantanamo." I'm sure there are innocent people in Guantanamo too, which is terrible. They don't deserve mm-hmm. to be there. But there are also people who have been killing, you know, women, children, soldiers, and stuff that are like planting mm-hmm. bombs. They they're brought to Guantanamo. It's just it was just a strange. Archie's well, decision it's also, is weird. I think that the big difference is it's not it's not a. It's not a prison that he's in. That's the whole point. It's that it's not a prison for people who have done bad things. This is a pre-crime uh, detainment camp, right? Like like they had in in, in during World War Two. So it's it's built into the concept that the people who are here are in here because they've done nothing wrong. They're just in here because of what they look like. Yeah. Um, and I think what would have actually been a more uh, science fictiony. And what I, I, I guess speculative is the word I'm looking for. A, a more speculative way to handle this is not, and sort of jumping off what you pointed out about how long it's been there, is not him showing up in the middle of this uh, war or whatever that's happening with the Suliban and, and the uh, uh, Tindarans. Tind- I, I keep wanting to call them like the dollar store Bajorans because <laughs> of their makeup. <laughs> It's not not to show up in the middle of that, but show up deep into basically show up at this place long after anything has the war has been over. So they're still doing this and they're still throwing these people into this camp well after this uh, perceived threat is is eliminated. So then you get into the danger of these things and, and them being around so long that they become the way that people are treated all the time. Yeah. Um, because I think that's the more looking forward, looking ahead kind of thing. It's like not only is it a is it a horrible concept to begin with, but a lot of a lot of times once these things happen, it takes a lot to get them to shut down just because that's the way that history ends up rolling out, you know? Yeah. And it's it's funny it's a temp- I should say it's it's a danger. There is a danger of it of that happening. It's also it's it's a little bit strange because it's a temporal cold war. And the the Suliban cabal or not have some kind of insight into the future of things here, mm-hmm. right? So there's a there's a level of sci-fi danger to them that um, the episode doesn't really sell at all, and it, it's just I I think it's one of those things like if you're, if you're going to have the the temporal Cold War thing be a part of it and the Suliban be a part of it. The fear that this guy has could tie into your post-war continuing fear because he's like, listen, we have information from the future from these guys that mm-hmm. something is going to be happening this way. We're trying to prevent yeah. this from actually happening. Yeah. You get into stuff like what uh, what ends up happening with like the Patriot Act where you give the government a certain number of pow- certain level of power to that they should use during the time it's necessary, whether or not that's the right or wrong thing to do. And then all of a sudden they start coming up with reasons to keep that power. And right. that becomes... You know, I do. When it comes to the temporal Cold War, though, it's so lame at this point. Three it, I don't even, <laughs> yeah, because they have not really. 
and I guess it's it's a matter of like teasing it out, but like I don't have any concept of what that even means. No. And I I wish I kind of wish they would get more stupid with it. So like I wish Dean Stockwell had been like, you have no idea what these people have done. Have they told you about the temporal cold war? This guy over here tomorrow, 25 years ago, he's going to come in and kill the prime minister who's going to be born next week. Right. Yeah. It's like, I'm sorry. What? Precog stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's. And I I think the thing that we're getting at, whether it's a precog thing or it's just a continuation of the Patriot Act, which they obviously don't know at this time because the Patriot Act doesn't even exist probably at this point when the episode was written. But there's no – the reason the episode can't have anything to say is because it's commenting on something that's right at the start of it. And it's like the the, the tack that they're trying to take is that, hey, man – you know, it's not good to be racist. It's like, yeah, clearly. Like, but the the, right, the actual thing right. that you're playing off of is much more complicated than whether or not it's right to be sort of a like speciesist, I suppose, in this point, a mm-hmm. racist, if you want to call it that. It's mm-hmm. um but the end result is just on the episode itself, I'm stuck with Archer and Mayweather stuck in a concrete set talking to yeah oatmeal face people and they're just going like you know it's not even anything interesting about because you don't know anything about the Sulaban, so you can't go off of it it's just right. the guys like i've been here since my sister was taken away and i take care of my daughter and you have a couple scenes with stockwell you go back and then i always complain about it but the action sequence at the end is actually the saving grace of the episode in a lot of ways for me because i think it's competently done and it makes a lot of sense that that's how they rescue him but i don't think it actually makes any sense or is the right thing for Archer to be doing at that point. Yeah. Yeah, I um oh and also the 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 plot hinges on a let's make Malcolm Reed physically transform into a Sulaban mm-hmm. which hey, he goes okay. he, <laughs> It's also Malcolm's worst mission because he goes down there Everyone who sees him grabs him and slams him against the wall, yeah, and he gets he gets hit with that taser thing. And then when he's like, like he's saving Archer, Archer's like, "You go first. And he walks out the door and gets hit with the gun, hit with the gun. Yeah. As the guy's coming. <laughs> it's just a bad a bad sequence of events for poor Reed, who doesn't. I'm not really sure why he has to go down there in the first place. Maybe just open the door, I suppose. But they could just beam Archer out if he can beam up. I don't know. Yeah, I I I guess. Um because they do establish that they can beam him out. He beams he down shoot, there, they, right? Yeah. yeah. Then they don't. They don't. They apparently don't pick that up on their sensors this time. Um. But yeah, I, I guess I guess the point is that he that Archer doesn't want to be beamed out of there because he wants to help free these people. Sure. And whatnot. Sure. But, uh, do they? I don't even yeah. know if they mention that in the episode itself. I can't remember. They do. Do they? Okay. They do because they they send down uh, the tr- the communicator. And then they're like, we have your position. We can beam you out. And he's like, no, don't do that. I got to make sure these people are safe first. Gotcha. See, paying attention this time. You are. <laughs> he doesn't have a reason um, why he can't just beam the Suleban out of there. I, I they don't cover that. Mm. The, I think I think there's probably too many. Although I'm being, you know, I'm being, yeah, I'm being a little bit. So I think the transporter at hey this man, point only goes. You want to go time. down this road of fake technology? We're going to go down this road. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I, I, I found myself thinking during this episode, what would this episode be like if this was a TNG episode doing this? Mm. And I feel like in in my head, I see the end being some sort of debate or or argument of morals and ethics between uh, Dean Stockwell and Picard. 
Like I do, I, I don't feel like in the TNG version of this ends with them flying down in a uh, in a shuttlecraft and blowing up shooting, all the defenses yeah, of this the thing. Prison. Yeah, I feel like TNG would take a more philosophical tack. Um, and obviously that's not the show that this is because they do lean into the action more than they do that stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting to think about this, the way they handle this subject here versus the way they might have on a different show. Yeah, well, I I mean, I think that's maybe kind of a problem. If Enterprise, if Enterprise leans into the action, the way that they can get out of a lot of um, philosophical conundrums is just to say we're going to shoot our way out of this. And mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. really... That doesn't tie into what the episode is talking about up to that point, right. really. I think, I think this one, um, while not as egregiously bad in my st- uh, point of view as Oasis, I think it suffers from kind of the same problem where they've got their kernel of an idea and they just play that card once and that's kind of it. Yep. You know what I mean? Like it it comes down they have one they have like one conversation about whether or not these people belong to be here uh, or or uh deserve to be here and they get that card on the table and then after that it's just sort of like all right, well we got to dick around until Malcolm comes down and then we got to blow the play. You know what I mean? It's right. like it's not there's no real exploration of this idea. It's just like Rick Berman handed you the card with the idea written on it and then you just kind of have to build an episode around that 40 minutes out of it yeah i mean that's the that comes down to the simplicity of the the more like you can't have the definition at least in my opinion the definition of a message show is that it has to be it can't be conflicted about what it is which is why in my Mm -hmm. opinion maybe ds9 is not the show that's even capable of doing a message show on that series Mm -hmm. because well i would argue they're all about messages or the the episodes are all about something usually at least the message show is kind of an after-school special take on something it's like it's a very simplistic like this is why this is wrong here's a very clear example of why this is wrong now we're going to have our characters fix it by killing the people who wronged you (laughs) and so and um i i think that if you added a little bit of depth like even another way to take this is imagine if all the suliban in here were cabal members right when they were arrested through their time Mm. in prison they've reformed themselves they've come to see the error of their ways in this time cop nonsense that's going on that they're a part of and the problem is that the dean stockwell character can't admit that people can change he's like nope once you're a cabal member you're always a cabal member you're going to stay in here forever then at least you have a little bit of room where archer can talk about things like that with the suliban and with stockwell but because it's so simple archer shows up the suliban say we're not bad Archer's like, oh, I'll go tell the guy. He goes, these people aren't bad. And he goes, yeah, they are. Get out of here. And Archer has to go back and sit there for another 20 minutes. And it's there's just nothing to – when you're so simplistic, there's nothing to talk about there. Right. You know, I do uh, I do think that would be a different episode, though, because I think the, the key to what they're trying to get at is that these people are wrongfully imprisoned. It's not that they have done stuff and are reformed. Right. It's that they are innocent bystanders who have been uh, uh, detained against their will. And I think, but that's, I, I that's agree. The though, simplicity, I think, that's the simplicity issue. It's like, well, right, then clearly right. let them out. Like, there's no, right. there's no counter well, argument. You know, I, I almost, I was almost positive that uh, Keevan was going to turn out to be f- working for the other guys. The for, for the uh, the t- no, no, I thought he was going to be working oh, with Tindorans. the Tindorans. Yeah, Tindorans. Because <laughs> what I what I thought was, I th- you know, he was so 
adamant that they that their plan to escape was too dangerous. And then, like the next scene, you have uh, Mayweather getting the shit kicked out of him, and then they all of a sudden know what the plan is. I was like, oh, obviously, Keevan gave him up, right? Because he's weighing, he's weighing the uh, safety of being behind these walls, even if it's unwarranted, versus the danger of getting out and then being thrust back into uh, the world. That's pretty interesting. Mm. That's an interesting. T- and of course, they didn't do that though, because why? Why not? But. Um, I, I think there's things you can do inside this idea that would be really interesting, uh, but yeah, they just chose while maintaining to just, while maintaining a these are purely good people who have been locked up. Yes, angle. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, like uh, I think, and, and you and you say that Deep Space Nine wouldn't be the show to do an episode like this. I think you're right, but a message I show think with with such a, a pure show, yes. with such a pure. This guy is wrong. These people are okay. Right. I I. I think the way that they would handle this is an episode like either duet or um, the one where Kira is being tortured by the the guy, the uh, guy she tried to kill. Yeah. Darkness, something darkness. Yeah. I I forget. But, but taking those two elements and, and sort of spinning the spinning the approach of uh, uh, the viewpoint on them to see, not only oh this was the wrong thing to do but why did they end up making that decision yeah you're looking at it from the point of view of uh the oppressor and you're hearing why they did that what their point of view was um which is not is not right, right but it gives you a more nuanced look at the the cause of something like this and and the result and you've got the and you so you get it's just a lot more facets to it Right. And and yeah, just to I think that's a good way for you can either you can either complicate the reason that the people are in there or you have to complicate the grot Dean Stockwell role. Mm-hmm. Like you 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 mm-hmm. need one of those two to be a little bit more because no one it's a good reason it's a good example using the Cardassians. Like no one had ever said that the Cardassians acted well in those situations. But at least there's like an interesting reason to examine why they were doing that or how in Dukat's case, right. how he justifies it to himself that this is, right. that was the thing that right. he had to do. And this episode doesn't have either of those things. And it's just, right. it's at that point, that's completely not interesting because I would, I think it's impossible to argue that anyone should feel bad or have sympathy for the Cardassians in DS nine. But mm. that series just did a much better job of, at least they felt like they had a kind of, grounded approach to what they were doing even though they're horribly wrong in what they actually did the whole time right exactly yeah i feel like in this episode you get it's it's almost like you you get a scene where dean stock was like do you have any idea what these what these sulaban have done to my people and then you go like actually no yeah. you haven't really been specific <laughs> you've just sort of that's sort of the most information you've given us and we're supposed to take you on your word he for should it. have dumped the entire records of what the suliban did onto paul the way that she dumped her entire diary of events onto him and right that was, right that was exactly her. yeah <laughs> i like that scene just because i guess she's doing it to clutter the communications they won't be able to detect them when they beam over or something but i just like I, the image of stockwell sitting at his desk like typing one-handed on his laptop as he's like <laughs> yeah there's too much data <laughs> Too much data coming in. I can't handle They've it. All. Jam- Our signal's been jammed. It's strawberry. <laughs> um, yeah, that, I, I I like that scene. I um, that was one where I wasn't sure if 
if that was something to Paul would really do. Uh, but she seemed to be channeling like, um, movie era Spock in Mm -hmm. that, in that scene where he's just being very, very dry about being a dick to somebody by burying them in paperwork. Yeah. I, I, I didn't mind that whole, the escape thing feels a little bit, um, convoluted. The, the weirdest, the weirdest thing about the ending, not really the weirdest, the weirdest thing is Archer's turn there where he like, do you think they all got out? He's like, I think they all got out. I don't know if they're okay, though. <laughs> Just stares at the camera. I really should have thought this through. You also don't see what happens to the two Suleban, Keevan and the other guy. Keevan goes right. back for yeah. him, but you never see that they get out or if they just die. If they right. die, I'm not sure it really means anything, really. I don't really understand Keevan's hesitancy to go back for him, Really, like I kind of do, but I don't think that it's the matter. Yeah, he's just enough. afraid. Just afraid. His yeah. thing is, his thing is that oh, this is too dangerous. So, yeah. going back, going back into a room to shoot his way out is not his ideal choice. Just that like you would have thought you'd see them, some shot of those two, either on a ship or on the planet surface or something at the very end. But mm. you don't really, you mm. don't get any of that stuff. Um, anything else about this one? I don't know. I, 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 I was, was kind of really hoping. I was kind of hoping Dean Stockwell's character was going to be named like Alzacat or something, so he so he could say like "Thanks, Al" on the way out, but he didn't. No, they, they um kept it fairly like I. I guess that's kind of like if you're if you're going to have a show where you do this, wouldn't you as wouldn't the I. If you agree, if you get Stockwell in there, maybe this is the wrong order of operations. But if he agrees that he wants to come on and do this, wouldn't you be like, "How about you guys write a, a Star Trek script that's a little bit like Quantum Leap? Like, there's some kind of Quantum Leap sure. idea here that we can play on." Sure. I, I just feel that that's obvious, and this doesn't feel at all like what you would do with that kind of stunt casting. Not stunt <laughs> like, casting. Should have. They should have had Archer wake up. Uh, wake up in. Uh, Sulaban makeup and then Dean Stockwell is like the human person there who has to help him get out and he's like but you don't understand this isn't what I look like right. it's like I know that's not the problem we got to get you out of you know <laughs> or just, just Archer quantum leaps into Stockwell's body so whenever he's walking around he's he is Stockwell <laughs> in that case Some, something like that I don't know um I guess that's it then let's just take a break we'll play a quote from the episode and then we'll come back and read some patron thoughts about detained and then give our final thoughts about Detained. You had no right to interfere. This isn't about my rights. It's about theirs. They have no rights. They lost them the moment the Cabal began attacking us. Do you know how many people the Cabal have murdered? How many ships they destroyed? Colonies? You just gave them 89 new soldiers! What makes you think they'll join the Cabal? These people have nothing left. They're desperate. They'll never be able to resist what the Cabal has to offer. I haven't been here very long, but I seem to know these people a hell of a lot better than you do. All right, everybody. So that's it. Thank you very much for supporting the show or listening to the show. If you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash the Penske file. A couple dollars a month gets you extra stuff like extra podcasts. We talked about Paprika, the anime the other day. I did a Star Trek commentary video for Sarek. So you can watch the episode with my voiceover on top of it. And uh, we did some other things, too, recently, but you can go check it out. Patreon.com slash The Penske File. A couple dollars a month to support the show and get extra stuff. And as always, our Captain Tier supporters get a shout-out 
which is again, this is going to be read in order of sign up. So the old, first person mentioned is the oldest. Special thank you goes to Christian Pouch, Tarek Latif, Chris Tinsley, Mike Burnett, Cardinal Doomsday, Joint Mango, Den, Ben Douglas, Neil Brennan, Kyle Barrett, Samuel Custer, Matthew Ross, Nathan Elliott, Eric Johnson, Andrew Chillog, Grim Santo, Matt Cutler, Tom Hiles, Dwayne Hackett, Sean, Jordan Cooper, Russell Elledge, Kevin Reyes, Vault 13 Heroes, Stephen Minton, David Beardmore, Darth Mosk, HH28, Mad Courier 6, Jacob123, Matt Houston, Mike Harris, Nick Sergi, Jakey's Gamer, Patrick Seba, Captain Brazen, Kevin Lowry, Eric's Antoine, Bradley Killens, Corey Martin, Woodrow. Thank you very much, guys, for supporting the show. And you haven't been able to see this, Clay, but the, the light that uh, we were talking about before is just going crazy for me. This uh, My background light. I don't know what's oh, going man. on, but I'm sure, I'm sure it's annoying people. Hopefully not to give them <laughs> too much of a strobe effect, but we'll see if we can figure that out. Anyway, let's go to patron thoughts about this. Do, do, do. And just to be clear, if you want to get your name read first... You have to be cunning enough to get everybody ahead of you to uh, not be a patron anymore. You have to be a Suliban Time Cop agent and yes, go back and sign that. up. That's the other option. Make sure yeah. that it retroactively charges you appropriately, though. Just uh, That's one of those <laughs> banking errors you don't want to run into. I have to do a little bit of a delay here as I have to find the episodes detained. There it is. So. First patron comment goes to Matthew Ross. A quantum leap reunion, but no Ziggy or the catchphrase, oh boy, except when I exhaled my disappointment with the slow-paced, dour Japanese internment parable. In the meantime, why can't Archer just explore and not cause trouble considering how weak his ships are? They reveal that the Suliban are not all in the cabal is so blah. Everything is tan and faded, as was my interest in the story. Why wouldn't Archer answer the cabal's actions? He could have said something about the... uh, He could have said everything up to the cold temporal cold war it's not that this was really top secret and what would it have given his captors nothing the rescue seemed really chancy with the information dump and the assaulting another race's jail probably won't be a problem i mean why would that make another race mad good mask machine work on the enterprise for reed enterprise's shuttle seemed to be repaired and regenerated voyager style luckily there's no consequences for anything here nod knowingly and fade to black yeah i know like <laughs> how does this affect intergalactic relations with the the federation or starfleet and the tandarans or you know what i mean like there's they just assaulted a a, a military base <laughs> i think they, they as he's saying they do make them out to be kind of pathetic like the the enterprise yeah. is actually more advanced than they are so i guess it's just one of those like just kick them off to the side and never think about it again type situations i i do also think uh he he brought up the um the analog for the uh, Japanese internment camps. I think that is a big crutch for this episode as well, because since they bring that up specifically, that almost does the work of having to tell an interesting story. Cause then it's just like, Oh, it's just like that. Right. Instead of presenting this as a situation and exploring the situation, it, they lean into liter- being very literal about what the message is that they're se- they're telling you, which kind of hamstrings you as far as actually doing something interesting with it. Well, it's an it's another it's actually funny that they do that because it's two levels of being removed from details, right? So the at the time that this is written, the Japanese internment camps are also kind of a faded moral message, right? Like because sure. so much time has passed that you just know the badness of the Japanese internment stuff and. You're you're so they're dealing with a situation that happened in World War II uh, at that time while they were writing this, and 
the U.S. has been attacked by Japan and things. The whole world has gone to shit. And people make a now in retrospect terrible decision with what to do with these people who are in America mm. at that point. Right. So now 9-11 happens and they write this. And it's another simplification of like they go back to this pure message about the Japanese internment thing and they insert it on top of something that they at the time they don't really understand where this is all going to go. So it just feels like a, the Japanese thing is a get out of jail. We don't actually need to have a story to explain this to you. Just like look at your history book here and see what right. it is. But at the same it, yep. it also doesn't add any nuance to the plot at all at that point right. again because you're operating on yes the internment camps are bad therefore the suliban are good i guess is your right. case here right right um stefan minton says detained a simplistic episode with a very obvious social commentary does that make it bad i don't know as for the obviousness the message that says we should not treat all members of a particular group the same just because individual members of that group wronged us is one that we have heard a thousand times before and yet we fail to listen again and again having family history on both sides of the conflict in ww2 europe i'm very well aware that it's worth repeating that message every once in a while if it makes an impression on say one little kid watching enterprise then it's probably done its job as for the simplicity i'm not so sure archer is back to his meddling ways and while his heart is obviously in the right place i kept thinking that he hasn't really thought this one through what about the repercussions <laughs> of the suliban and all those other internment camps what about the risk of provoking a war before er, between earth and tandar actions do have consequences you know i may be asking a bit much for 45 minutes of tv but i am asking three rejected requests for a transfer out of five <laughs> agreed mm. it just doesn't um yeah no, I I think he's touched on all the points that we touched on. I don't really have anything to add to that. Um, a lot- yeah, I do. I I do. Um, it is interesting looking at it from that standpoint of like, is this this is a simplified version? Is that okay? Given if like the people who are watching this are on the younger end, yeah, and, children. And it's more yeah. important to yeah. I I don't know how many kids are watching Enterprise, but I do agree with his point. <laughs> yes, I I I think the age for that is younger than this like kids mm-hmm. i think kids who are probably watching enterprise are probably old enough to handle a slightly more complicated situation that you've right. got going here this right. is not this is not three-year-old or four-year-old watching a peppa pig episode which is like incredibly just follow point a to point b don't get confused right. along the way right um a latte librarian says detained a bit ham-handed and also peppa pig is not aimed at adults where enterprise is trying to cater sure. to some kind of adult contingency right. who's watching right, it. Right, right. Yeah. A latte librarian says, detained a bit ham-handed, but given the year this aired, the message seems appropriate. Can't help but wonder if Starfleet would consider this good or bad first contact. Three jailbreaks out of five. That's a good point. Mm. Captain Brazen says, detained, Dean Stockwell and Scott Bakula rejoined for a tongue-in-cheek quantum leap reunion. Stockwell looks a lot like Al holding that pad, or maybe he's just a Cylon skin job. Honestly, you guys got to do Battlestar Galactica at some point. Anyway, Archer is just so damn curious about learning new people. He just keeps getting himself and his crew, this time Mayweather, into trouble. What a rascal. Seriously, what would happen to all those Suliban and the other internment camps? They could potentially suffer more after Archer's good-hearted, well-intentioned jailbreak. Oh, boy. The simplistic storytelling of this message show can re- can feel ham-fisted and best, at best preachy with the subject. However, watching this episode with my family brought up a natural discussion of WW2 internment camps and reflecting on our history. If we don't remember and reflect on our history, we're, history, we're destined doomed to repeat it. Any episode that can do this is a valued one in my book. Also, is Mayweather's brief conversation regarding prejudice the best use of the character up to this point? Three Ziggy references out of five. 
See, I I feel like that sort of is what I'm talking about when I think about uh, how TNG would handle this. I feel like ultimately Picard would end up in the situation where he realizes that any action, aggressive action towards this camp would ultimately cause more hurt towards other people who weren't, you know what I mean? Like there'd be that level of consequences would be more in his mind yeah. than, than it is in, in uh, uh, Archer's mind. Yeah. I'm not saying he wouldn't do anything about it, but right. I think that would be, that would be something he considers. Yeah. 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 It's, I guess I, I feel like I potentially, I feel like, I feel like this is a this stupid fucking light behind me. I feel like there's a, um, <laughs> I feel like this is an episode where I think that people are going to take what I'm saying out of context. So I wonder if I need to clarify. <laughs> so, Hold on. Let me get you a shovel. I don't. I don't. I don't really see what's served by such a simplistic moral story because mm-hmm. it's too clear cut here. That's like there's there's almost there's almost so little conflict to this story that it's not a story on some level because it's like well sure. yeah the Suliban are wrongly imprisoned here and this is what we're going to do. I think that the like what Captain Brazen was saying here, it brings up a discussion of WW2's internment camps and reflecting on our history. But what I think that it's doing is that reflecting on that history is not reflecting in a way that is thoughtfully thought-provoking about why that mm. happened in the first place. Sure. Like, sure. So just to to look back on a historical event to go, that was a terrible thing. Is not. I'm not saying Captain Brazen is doing this, but I'm, I'm saying this episode is doing this. Is like to look back at that and go, yeah, that was bad. Let's not even think about why that was bad or like what why that happened in the first place. Let's just let's just mm. go along with this is bad and we'll never do it again. And well that's obviously a good outcome. It's not really thoughtful about what that means for the next time it happens. Like how do you how right. do you improve on this situation that's going to come up again, which is what Archer's trying to do here. Archer's not improving on the Japanese internment camp situation. He's not adding anything to that or he's not um he's not illuminating anything about that story, which I think is the big problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 fine to acknowledge it, but it's more important to understand the signs that lead up to getting to that point so right. you can then avoid doing it again. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Essentially. Yeah. <clears throat> Nick Sergi says detained. I like this one. It's amazing how this style of track of the Berman era can really ratchet up the tension without going bigger in the budget. It's all in the writing. As far as the new races made for just this series, the Suliban are fine. It's not the greatest episode, but I like it well enough. Christian Pouch says Archer learns that not all Suliban are bad. Moral lesson, all caps. That said, it's interesting to explore a bit more about the Suliban, and I enjoy the ideas that are being thrown around. I think it could have been explored more. It's a pity that it won't be. Grad is fine, but there's not a whole lot of depth to the arguments going on here. One problem, while I like the uncertain ending, I think it might undercut the message by implying that those Suliban might in fact join the Cabal because of their treatment, something which never happened in the explicit parallel to the Japanese internment camps. It's quite the opposite, as many Japanese Americans fought heroically for the U.S. after their imprisonment. If it takes a little bit of abuse to make the Suliban join the Cabal, maybe they should be... If all it takes is a little bit of abuse to make the Suliban join the Cabal, maybe they should be worried. Final note, the actors for the Vorta, Kievan, and Borath played the two lead Sulibans here. Um, I think what's missing from this story is either Archer or, or Mayweather 
should be prejudiced against the the uh, Suleban in some way mm-hmm. because they are both so righteous. Uh, Mayweather, Mayweather I, has no reason to be in this episode, really. Re, yeah, he's just sort he's of just there. he's just there. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, like they need the O'Brien character, yeah. you know, the, the, uh, who's, who has the <laughs> yeah, who has the caustic attitude, who then changes his attitude through the actions of the story. Yeah, instead of just going in like Archer, fairly self righteous, and then just being reaffirmed in his self righteousness by being right, right. You know, so yeah. I think I think that's what's missing is the, like there's so much stuff you could do with this concept and, and still preserve the the message that you're trying to get across. Yeah, well, it's just a shame that they didn't do it. And that, that's a good point about O'Brien. It's I think it's um, is it Hippocratic Oath? It might be Hippocratic Oath. It's the one where Bashir and O'Brien get stuck on the planet where they find the six right. Jemadar who are running out of exactly. uh, Cell White. Exactly. And yeah. O'Brien. I think you, the, O'Brien is better written in that because he has a "I'm not going to help the Jem Hadar" attitude, but it also it's like the Cardassians. It just feels like you understand his point of view as to why he's doing mm. this. Like these guys are going to kill us. Like I don't want to help them if they're going to kill us. Let them die first. And Bashir right. has the Bashir has the quote unquote more Star Trek or like upright moral outlook. But at the same time, he seems slightly naive, too, mm-hmm. at that point because of what O'Brien's saying to him. And this show is lacking that conflict between the two of them, um, unfortunately. Mayweather, you know, continuing the Mayweather characterization, he doesn't really have a personality. He's only down there to provide Archer someone to talk to, and he doesn't mm. add anything to the to the situation. Yeah, this – I know this is going to sound harsh, but this – the way that they handle this message, while the message is fine, it it's like that scene in American Psycho when they're at dinner at the beginning and Patrick Bateman just lists off a whole bunch of stuff that they need to do. Like it's like we need to we need to end a, apartheid and promote a uh, and promote a culture of less materialism. And everyone's like, yeah, oh my god, that's so great. And it, yeah. it, like that's how it feels. Where it's like they're not they're not saying anything. Real, like the the thing they're saying does matter and is right, right. but they're just saying it. They're right. not really, they're not giving you a, re, they're not backing it up really with anything, and they're not making you uh, think about why that is the case. It's just sort of like, yeah, this it's, is this is the way it is. It's it's sort of patting. It's sort of the writers patting themselves on the back exactly. for th- yes. for thinking yeah. this way, um, yeah. without really being interesting about why you think that 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 way uh kyle barrett says detained this isn't the most subtle episode ever produced but it's surprisingly effective while there are markers of the time the show was produced in present the internment camp storyline sadly always seems timely and gets a solid retelling here archer even learned something which is nice the only significant issue is the ending the ending the episode is frustratingly lacking the final exclamation mark on the point it was making instead opting for a stock action beat and if the episode is implying that the save Suleban will join the cabal, then I don't know how I feel about that. An ending that actually discusses the impact of Archer's actions on both the freed Suleban and those still imprisoned would have been better than that very fast turn from Archer's simplistic mindset to the sudden ominous feel of the final few seconds we received. But because I'm in a generous mood, I'll give it a four out of five. See, I I didn't I didn't read that last moment as him realizing oh maybe they might join the cabal i i read it more as as uh these innocent people are clearly caught in the middle oh i of, well, i think kyle to be i think kyle's talking about the same thing i'm talking about which is the final 
uh, Brat or whatever that guy's name is. Oh, I see. Okay. The Dean Stockwell gotcha. where he, he's like, you idiot, you, they're all going to join the... Like they, they that, that sequence feels like Stockwell saying that just because that's supposed to be the writers giving a reason as to why Archer maybe should have been conflicted about this the whole way through. And it just comes too little too late, I think. Oh, no, well, I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't necessarily read it that way. I, it seemed to me like they were last minute, uh, like I, that. Isn't that more or less the the idea throughout? Like, it doesn't seem that revelatory that he all of a sudden is being like, "Oh, these guys are going to be bad guys if you let them out." It, it, it didn't. I don't know. It just does he talk about that before? I don't remember him being so explicitly. This is what you've done, kind of a thing. Maybe he has, and I was, I did, I missed it, but I didn't get. Well, I, I mean, what else are they in there for, other than being potential terrorists? That, that's true. That's true. I, 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 I read it that way. Yeah, I, I, I guess I don't know if it's the performance then, because Arch's performance doesn't. His final expression isn't one of to me. I hope those people are going to be okay on their ships out there. Like mm-hmm. where I, I see it more of like he, he seems more like profoundly shaken by it. I don't know. It might just be a performance type thing, but I, I kind of, it was both Kyle and I think Christian had mentioned the same thing. That's how I felt while watching it, mm. which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. The last scene with Stockwell, I, I saw it less as it giving a reason for Archer to be conflicted and more just a last ditch bad guy thing mm-hmm. from Stockwell's character. Sure. He doesn't really, I didn't see him. I didn't see him as saying anything that he clearly wasn't already thinking and wasn't already present. Um, yeah. But I mean, yeah. you know, it could be wrong. Maybe I'm just trying to desperately insert better motivation onto that character at that point sure. and be like, well, like I, he should have had a, a better point the whole way. Through. Well, even there, that would be kind of interesting too. If they had talked about that before where he, where he's like, honestly, I don't believe these people did anything, but they've been in prison so long that if I were to let them out now, they almost surely would join up. I'm serious. Like, I know, that's, yeah, he's like, that's a, yeah. a ridiculous standpoint to have. Yeah, but, but I mean, like, sense. it's, yeah, it's of one who is sort of in a, uh, a Gul Dukat esque role to be like, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, this is the way things are going. I don't believe this to be the case, but at this point, Who's to say what they do in retaliation if we let them out now? Which is equally as offensive as putting them in there in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Benjamin Espinosa says a nice allegory story about Manzanar and more relative to current events with the show aired Guantanamo. The Suleban are stand-ins here for the American Muslims or the American Japanese. Archer's good nature and morality are on display as he tries to help the Suleban escape rather than leave them to fend for themselves. Nice, May- May- uh, nice Mayweather moments also. I love seeing Reed as the Suleban. To Paul and Tripp on the bridge worked really well together and they had some great moments. The script worked well and didn't drag when it could have. I appreciated that Archer did not harm the administrator when he got the upper hand. He upheld Star fleet's ideals in disco or picard i'm sure they would have been murdered three out of five <laughs> he does uh he raises that flashlight or whatever like he's really gonna crack him across the face with it but he, he decides not to do anything. he would have he would have kicked him down a hole and then 80 yard off screen this is for ichiban <laughs> whatever his name is uh eric sanchuan says oh goody the stars of my favorite show reunited at last in i did a- not i would like to say i did not mean that to be a Japanese, Japanese joke. I just forgot the guy's. <laughs> I forgot the guy's name. What the hell is? What the hell's his name? Uh, Ichab. The, the Ichab. I guy. Ichab. Ichab. There we go. I was not making an insensitive <laughs> joke. I apologize for that. Uh, 
In a perfectly pedestrian prison break, th- uh, they're reunited at last in a perfectly pedestrian prison break thing that I honestly can't be bothered to give one shit about, let alone two. Okay, I'm being mean, but considering what this could have been, I don't know that Bakula and Stockwell just glaring at each other for 45 minutes is the optimum use of these two. As, as actors, Oscar and friends in a sci-fi setting. And even putting all that aside, I guess I'm kind of miffed that Stockwell is the big bad of the episode and was supposed to give uh, a shit, but he spends most of his screen time sitting behind his desk. All that aside, I guess this, if this was just a sci-fi action piece guest starring Joe Blow from Kokomo, it wouldn't bother me so much because it's competent enough to pass the time. I guess if this were 2002, I'd be tremendously moved by the Guantanamo allegory and whatnot. But now, well, I've seen Zero Dark Thirty, so you know. Bupkis. Anyway. You know, oh, sorry. I, want me to finish ahead. this or you want to go now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can go. Anyway, I may not be holding my head in my hands and weeping, but I do appreciate the attempt to give more layers to the proceedings with the Suleban or People 2 message. I appreciate character depth and dimensions. Even if I don't uh, give a flying fuck about the temporal Cold War, and neither do you, don't say you do because you're lying. It's nice that they give the sidekick <laughs> role to Merriweather, Mayweather this time, I guess, even though he continues to be as interesting as a bowl of cold oatmeal. But at least it's not Tucker who, sorry, will still take another season and a half to grow on me. So it is what it is. Some well-stage action, a couple of decent moments with the mopey Suleban cellmates, and that's it. So you said at the beginning that this, this feels like a very reactionary type story. And I wonder if that's – it's – I think it might be a little bit easier for us to uh, uh, critique it for not going far enough mm-hmm. now where if you think about when it came out, it's a reactionary – it's a – shallow isn't the right word, but kind of shallow. It's a, it's, a, it's a shallow reactionary take to shallow reactionary takes. You know what I mean? Yep. It's like it's a – it's an equal – equal forces meeting each other on each side of the spectrum it has no hindsight it has no ability to recognize what it's what's going to happen from what it's saying exactly yes so i on the one hand don't would it have cut through more because of that like you know what i mean would would it would it the simplicity of it and the, the strength of what it's trying to say cut through more because it is fairly reactionary uh in the face of other reactionary well, reactions, um, or is it still is it still objectively, for lack of a better term, uh, hampered by the fact that it doesn't actually get into any of the discussions? It's just very much like a uh, a poster someone holds up at a rally. I mean it. It might just not know what it's talking about. You know, like the, mm-hmm. the, at the time, you're operating with such limited sort of understanding of how things are going to play out. And sure, sure. Like, I I wonder how much... Did Guantanamo even exist at this point? I don't know. Um, but, like, um, probably not. No, I don't think in the in the way that we are used to at this point. No. Yeah, but they... Yeah, my, I mean, my timeline about what's going on there, but they... <clears throat> is there any way that this is... Like, I, I have a hard time believing that this is an episode about Japanese internment camps when it seems this is a sure. 9-11 allegory that right. they're using the Japanese internment camps for. So right, right. if that's the case, if that's the case, it, it does feel reactionary, probably. It's just I... If you, if you think that your show is going to be reactionary in that sense... Maybe here's the better way to say this. If this episode, if you wanted to cover themes like this, I don't think it should mm. have been so 
on the nose as to what it's referencing. You know, like sure. you, you can do a Japanese internment camp episode, which is not we have some Suliban in an internment camp who don't belong here kind of thing. Like you can play with the ideas of the what's in the, the um, zeitgeist at that time. But this just feels too much like you're referencing pulled from the headlines events that are going on. Sure. And you don't have anything to say about them outside of the usual, like, don't be racist, which is, seems obvious. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people would argue that don't be racist is not an obvious thing to say at this point, but I just, yeah, I feel possibly. like, I feel like you have to say something more interesting than this. Like it's, mm. it, you're never, I, I always bring it to the, um, if it's a message episode, we always, cause I work in a corporate setting. We always have, um, these like PR mandatory meeting things that are like just diversity and discrimination seminars, they call them whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. a 20 minute PowerPoint about how racism is bad. Mm-hmm. I, I just look at it and it's just like, who does this convince? Does the 50 year old racist go to this <laughs> event and is like, you know what? This PowerPoint presentation has really changed my mind because you gave me such yeah. an insightful take. I, yeah. I feel the same about this. It's like it's a message episode, but you're only preaching to the choir. No one who has any kind of thought about this is ever going to yeah. be persuaded okay. by this. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And you can argue either way for it. Like if you wanted to take an episode in one direction or you wanted to go another, but at least give me something to think about as opposed to just having me sit here and watch the facts sort of pour down the screen. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I think this is the last comment. Detained. Yeah. Woodrow says, the cause was compelling, Shuttlepod 2 dispensing to action was exciting, and T'Pol made a great captain, except when sitting uncomfortably in that gigantic captain's chair. The low point for the episode was its lack of surprise. Archer was far too comfortable in prison, and Shuttlepod 2 managed to incinerate the guards in the battlements without any damage. Some crossfire would have gone a long way towards heightening that suspense. 3.5 out of 5. Yeah, people got killed, too. Yeah. You know, I assume like those it's... bombs blew up those security guards who were tricked into yeah, going towards it, the end. It, it, it looked like it. Um, they also they yeah. made them earn it because they uh, slapped around Reed before that, or not Reed. Right. They slapped around uh, right. Mayweather. So because just desserts. Yeah. And the, well, they never had like any sort of follow up because that the one uh, the 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 guy who's not Keevan, um, the Eddie Eddie from uh, it mm-hmm. was uh, tells that story about being friends with the brother of the guard and they grew up together or something. They never really even do anything with that. Oh yeah. Like there's yeah. no touch. There's no, they don't touch back on that at the end or anything. And he, that, that guy got just, he just gets blown up. <laughs> and then they, yeah, like there's, there's Archer is not, uh, he's got some, he's got some interesting questions. He's got to ask himself after this one, <laughs> uh, just as far as not so much as his intentions, but maybe his execution methods. Yeah. Be, just his need a little work. Um, vaguely, Vaguely, like not really, but like vaguely Punisher esque from the comic books. Like it's kind of mm. a like, I'm going to fix this my way, and it's like, well, I don't, I don't right. know if that was the best way to go about this. And I understand what you did here, but I don't know if this is really stopping yeah. this. Like there, there, there could be room for T'Pol to be like, you know, I understand what you did here, and you may, you may have done the right thing, but five with all the destruction and five of the. Uh, Tandarans being killed, there's a good chance that they could use this as an excuse to come down even harder on the Salorians right. yep. and have him be like, oh, <laughs> oops. <laughs> now off to our next, we're blasting off again. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. I agree. I agree. 
Yeah, it's um. What are you going to give this one? Thank, thank you, patrons, first and foremost, for your comments and supporting the show. And Clay, you know, what are you going to give this? I actually, I'm not going to give this one a high three, actually, because mm-hmm. I I think it's uh, it. I found it like I said, I found it engaging based entirely on on uh, hindsight context. Yeah. Um, but I do find the story that they're trying to tell a better attempt than say what they did in Oasis or, uh, or rogue planet or something like that. It seems like they, for le- for better or worse, their intentions were a lot more, uh, solidified. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's still pretty boring. It's still pretty run of the mill, but I think it's, I don't think it's terrible. I'm going to give it a three as well. Um, it's it's a better episode than those other two, Oasis yeah. and uh, yeah. Rogue Planet. It's written better. I think the things make more sense within the the context of the episode than those. Um, I just I find it much more boring than those two. Uh, and totally fair. It's just a. I just wanted it. To, I, actually, I wanted it to be about something. Really, like it is right. about something. I wanted it to do a better job of ex- of examining what it was about and i don't know that it really did that yeah i actually find this less boring than oasis i thought oh, really? oasis was a slog yeah until until they just get to that end point and it's just like eh, fine <laughs> i this I, one I, at least this one at least puts its message up front like the thing it's about is up front so mm-hmm. you can kind of have it in your mind while you're watching it instead of just waiting for someone to get to the punchline that's not really satisfying it does it's just oasis I guess what kept me going for Oasis is it did have that terrible mystery to it where there's there's not really a mystery sure. here. Um and the mystery makes you think something's going to come from it, but it doesn't. Like I I don't know if this one would've been there's no way you can really disguise this one as a mystery, but I I don't know. I I'm not pro that mystery storytelling, but at the same time, if you have a similar story and you don't have a mystery to it, it feels like this one to me and I don't mm. know if that's really what I'm interested in that's- either. That's really interesting to me because I I find I found Oasis boring because I thought the mystery was boring, yeah, yeah. like and, and not engaging. So it's it's interesting that that the 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 kernel of a concept and the potential to maybe explore that concept I find a lot more interesting than ooh I wonder what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's an interesting to 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 compare those two viewpoints. That's that's funny. I think we're done with this one. Thank you, patrons, for supporting us. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll be back with the next episode. Oh, did I give it a score? I gave it a three, right? We both gave it threes, mm-hmm. so that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, we'll be back with the next episode, which is... Uh, boom, let me click the little button here. Voxola, which is... That's actually funny. So I didn't want to say this up front, lest it color my opinion of the episode. I watched uh, Detained last night, and I fell asleep 20 minutes into it. And, <laughs> and I woke <laughs> up, and I was like, ah, all right, good. Uh, like I'll just I don't want to rewatch that so I'm just going to try to catch up from where I am I can't be far into it and I'm watching it going this is something like I'm going to have to rewatch this is totally like I didn't I don't know how they got to this point I was halfway into the next episode of Enterprise on the next <laughs> it took me a good five minutes to realize that I was not oh, looking at man. the same thing oh I wish you hadn't realized it that would have been amazing <laughs> it would have been a great conversation <laughs> so needless to say I had to rewatch the first half of Detained uh, this morning and finish it off but voxola is our next one um did that happen once did i watch the wrong episode once and not realize it till like 10 minutes into the conversation 
You did. I mean, Sean didn't watch the right episode uh, at some point. It was yes, like totally off. That's right. I yeah, I fell I asleep remember. during Real Ripe during the like pinnacle scene of Fences where he. Oh, that's right. <laughs> 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 I, was, I was questioning yeah. why all this stuff was happening afterwards yeah. yeah i didn't really see much of a point to this movie it's like well you kind of we were asleep for the 15 minutes where they kind of laid it out for you where viola davis just yells at him for for 10 minutes i, I completely fell asleep during that part mm-hmm. um that's it box soul is the next episode clay do you have anything you want to say uh we got real ripe no, not real ripe uh rotten horror picture show next week yeah i think uh, i yes. don't i don't know where i am on uh, Wednesday, yeah, batman so, yeah. was this week so yeah. this week next week will be rotten horror so we get um tuesday excuse me tuesday so we've got a uh, girl walks home alone at night coming out this week which is an interesting why have you seen that one Mm-mm. it's uh it's interesting it's a very art housey black and white uh iranian vampire movie oh. that uh it's got a lot of style i didn't i didn't love it but um it's it's got a lot of uh, uh, f- style to it uh, enough to to keep you interested. It was shot in Iran, or is it? Is no, it, it was actually shot in California. Oh, okay. But everybody in it is uh, Iranian. Uh, speaks yeah, is Iranian. Speaks. Uh, is it supposed to be in California, Iranian? or is it supposed to be? Uh, they speak. Uh, what would they speak? They speak. Um, it's not showing our ignorance it's not here. Parsi or something is 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 it? I don't. I'm not totally sure. I'm gonna have to look this up just so that I, people can. So language in Iran. Um, but uh, it's yeah, it's supposed to take place in Iran, but it's uh, it they shot it in Persian. I, I was just getting Persian. fancy with Persian. It's fifty percent. I was gonna say that, but I didn't know if that was like me saying Oriental at this point, <laughs> which <laughs> obviously I don't do. But it was one of those things. Was like I don't know if this is the right word. I don't want to do this. Persian. Turk and Kurdish are the top three languages in Iran. Ah, interesting. Um, but they, are they? Is the movie supposed to be set in Iran? Yes. Okay. Yes. But yeah. it's, it's shot in California. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting movie. So that'll be out on Tuesday. Badass continues as normal. That'll be the week after mm-hmm. that, and then Star mm-hmm. Trek Voxola will be out on Thursday after this episode. Um, I guess that's it. Thank you very much, guys, for listening. Hope you enjoyed Detained, and we'll be back with the next episode. See ya.